The End by Mark Strand Not every man knows what he shall sing at the end, watching the pier as the ship sails away, or what it will seem like when he's held by the sea's roar, motionless, there at the end, or what he shall hope for once it is clear that he'll never go back. When the time has passed to prune the rose or caress the cat, when the sunset torching the lawn and the full moon icing it down no longer appear, not every man knows what he'll discover instead. When the weight of the past leans against nothing, and the sky is no more than remembered light, and the stories of Cirrus and Cumulus come to a close, and all the birds are suspended in flight, not every man knows what is waiting for him, or what he shall sing, when the ship he is on slips into darkness, there at the end. Welcome to Cop on Podcast, you juicy little cantaloupe. My name's Owen. You can send me your love, send me your hate, coponpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, ready for you to block us, at coponpodcast. Or, if you like, you could even support us on patreon.com forward slash podcast if you wish. If you don't wish, uh, perhaps you would consider sharing this podcast. But whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you very, very, very much for listening. I mean that from the bottom of my tiddlywinks. Here is the latest episode. We'll chuck right into it. We'll jump, we'll wade into the, into the lake, into the eerie lake of this episode um wow uh, the final whistle went about half an hour ago uh, not just on uh, liverpool three newcastle one but on the whole freaking season a season to remember a season for the ages uh, brian i'm gonna start with you brian in hong kong it's very late where you are thank you so much for joining us how the devil are you oh i'm brilliant i'm smiling i'm basking in the glory of Liverpool being the most awesome football team on the planet and making a good shake of being the most awesome football team that has ever existed. It's just brilliant. It's just and like and just a great last couple of games. I've really, really enjoyed them. Uh even today started off a bit sketchy, but then uh the dream team came on. And uh just feeling very content, very smug. I've been seeking out Man United fans, you know, just standing in front of them. <laughs> standing in front smiling. of them and, and, and laughing in their faces. Excellent stuff. Yeah, Marvelous. exactly. I'm going to put my, put my hand on my hip and just, just, just stand in front of them and say, you know, you all know. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been good. Marvellous. Yes, we've certainly annoyed a lot of people um, in the sort of, you know, the... the the yang to the yin of joy that we're feeling is everybody else is completely pissed off. How the heck are you, Doug? Absolutely wonderful, Owen. Absolutely wonderful. 99 points, a new Premier League record for the Reds. And it's just, it's just been an absolutely wonderful season. We've taken 196 points from a possible 228 on offer. 
in the last two seasons. That is just absolutely amazing, unbelievable. Um, this team is special. We have all said it. This team is really, really special. Um, yeah, obviously didn't start well against Newcastle today, but I'll tell you something. Um, came back and, you know, uh, two fantastic second-half goals as well got us the win. But I have to say, the when, when I saw the team to begin with, I thought, well, this is interesting. Like, all the front three have been dropped, uh, sort of rested to the bench. Obviously, there was no Alexander-Arnold either. And obviously, Fabinho is obviously onto the bench as well. And you're thinking, okay, this is interesting. But I, I actually thought the team played really, really well today. Um, special mention for Minamino. I know he doesn't get many games, but I have to say, I thought he was very, very good today. And uh, uh, I know the front three didn't get much service, but I thought Minamino in particular linked up really well with uh, with the team. So special mention to Mr. Minamino, who obviously has a double celebration, obviously having won obviously the Premier League and having won also the Austrian League with uh, Red Bull Salzburg. Good on him. Yeah, interesting performance from him, wasn't it, Brian? Uh, Minamino, what did you make of, uh, I don't know, what are your first impressions on the actual game itself? Uh yeah, it was um, it was okay. I mean, I I, I was uh, I was I was at the beach right from the get go <laughs> of the game. I, I no matter what happened, I was going to just enjoy it. I was I was literally shocked. Me, me and my buddy were just sitting down, big stuff, some curry and chips. We were just getting the plates out, and there was a goal already. <laughs> we were looking at each other, going, "What the hell? What just happened?" <laughs> and. Uh, and of course, I was like, "It's that's off. His his foot's off. That's definitely off. Where's the where's the bar? It's off. It's off. You know." And, uh, and they gave it, and uh, yeah, it was a bit scatty. It was a bit all over the shop. Um, I was thinking, um, there's certain players in the team that uh, um, I don't know. One too many changes, and things it just gets a bit loose. But uh, I thought we were okay. I think we played our way back into the game. And the second half was just amazing. You know, it was back to like the, the difference that bringing those three guys on, it's just night and day. And suddenly uh, it just, the ball was just zipping around. It was, it was just free flowing football and just sit back and enjoy, enjoy the show. You know, it was good. It was a good game to finish the season off. I thought we just totally bossed it second half. Yeah, it was beautiful to see when they came on the front three, linking up and, you know, just, just, just the flicks and the tricks. And, you know, you were on the beach. I don't know where they were. They were on the, they, they were, I don't know, what were they? Where were they? They were on the gymnastics were, floor and they were doing tumbles doing and somersaults. <laughs> yes, they were in the salsa hall. Exactly, the samba parade yes absolutely it was beautiful to watch it was absolutely lovely but that light up yeah it was interesting no final farewell um as it looks like for Dayan, the big dog lovren um you know gomez van dyke williams robertson uh, at the back uh, and then in midfield uh, james milner now i, I want to talk about him he was our captain for today um, well, we're going to get on to a more general season review very, very shortly. We're just going to go through um, the season, different parts, different players. But um, I think uh, James Milner had a really good game today and he showed, Doug, why I, I would be very sad 
to let him go, you know, to, to, to let him join Leeds United and be in a sort of, you know, mid-table scrap with Bielsa. I would be very disappointed. How would you feel if he did leave? Yeah, I'd be very sad as well. I thought he was absolutely fantastic today. Looked really cool, calm and composed on the ball. Um, and, you know, he was making things work. And I think he brings a bit of stability to our midfield. I've said this said this for a couple of times. Any time he's in the team, I, I feel really safe with him in the team. Um, but today, we've, we've just seen the real Millie, haven't we? We've just seen the real Milner. And, you know, at 34, he can still do it. Um, I think he will stay. I actually do think he will stay. I know, I know obviously, he will be tempted to go to Leeds um, in the in the near distant future, but I think his heart is set on uh, winning more things with Liverpool. I don't see him leaving lead, uh, for Leeds or anybody else for that matter. I think he is here to stay. Gosh, I hope so. Uh, do you hope so, Brian? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I read somewhere that he mentioned that he wants to go into coaching um, um, after he stops playing. So, what better team? What better setup to learn your stripes than this club uh, uh, bench, you know? For this, the best bench, and the most classy bench, and the most modest bench in world football. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I, I mean, I can understand if he went to Leeds, because uh, that's, his, that's his club. Um, but I don't think that would be a smart move, because why... Uh, it, I don't know. You just nobody knows what's going to happen to Leeds next season. You know, it could be a complete disaster, and then you could be smack bang in the middle of that for the whole the last year of his of his football career, perhaps potentially, or he could stay exactly where he's at, uh, have another adventure with us next year, go to Barcelona, Bayern Munich, batter those teams chased out every trophy in world football and then transition into the into uh, coaching at Liverpool and where he'll be just considered a legend forever so I mean, whatever happens it's just it's just been a privilege to watch him play and he's such a he's such a pro I know everybody says it about him but he's he just he's got everything you know he's he's he's, he's got the right attitude he's strong he puts a tackle in He's good to be around in the, in, the, in the dressing room, and he just—he's one of those players that he just really strikes you as as a boss on the field, you know, uh, the, you know, a manager playing on the field. So whatever he decides to do, you know, he's got my full blessing. Yeah, I mean, there were there were at times where you know, for me, he looked like a a, a Mustang stallion in a field full of ponies today. Um, he had a hundred and twenty-two touches of the football uh two key passes and a 96.1 percent pass success rate i mean that is chabby hernandez style you know they called joe allen the welsh chabby brendan rogers did of course uh, but here we've got the uh, we don't need to compare him to anyone we've got the english james milner he was my man of the match um i'm just going to go straight to man of the match then we're going to move on who was your man of the match, Doug? Naby Keita, again, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And you know what? He is just getting better and better and better. And you know what? If he can stay fit, he will be probably one of the first names on the team sheet. I was very, very impressed with Naby Keita. So he gets my man of the match 
for a second consecutive week. It's very exciting to see him uh, come in and perform and do his little jiggles and little tricks and flicks. It's really, really nice to see. Brian, who was your man of the match? Yeah, I'm good shouts on both occasions. I go, I agree with you and um, and Doug actually, but I would def- I would go with uh, uh, Milner. Yeah, I just thought he just he just ran that game. He was he was the best player on the park, and those stats are ridiculous, right? Just uh, he just used the ball extremely well throughout the whole game. Um, but I agree, Naby. Naby finally is looking like he's the player that we signed and. He's getting game time. I think I feel sorry for these players. You know, it's like, the, the the people, the players in, in the mid, uh, Genie and Hendo, both now if they if their form dips, they have they have like two definitely one player that just really really are hungry for that position, and they want to keep it. And so um, you know, give him a few games. His confidence seems to pick, and he also seems to be fitting in more to the team. Uh, just generally speaking, Koji looks more at ease. Um, uh, yeah, so he was a very close second as well. I agree with both what, what you just said there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Naby Keita, 92.5% uh, passing success rate. He had two shots uh, Yeah, nine, uh, from 81 touches of the ball. Yeah, he looked dangerous. He was really good. There were lots of other good performances too. Shout out for D-Rock Origi from Curly, for Curly went in from 25 yards. It might be the last we see of him. We don't know. But I want to do a more general season review. It was the last game of a beautiful record-breaking season. Let me just give... I've got a whole list of stats of records that we've broken um, this season. Uh, we we won the title with seven games to spare, although I'll have to check that, But because we started the lockdown uh, on 82 points and Manchester City didn't finish, they finished on less than 82 points. So I don't know, were there seven games left? I can't remember. Uh, but, uh, you know, these are not things to, to, to question when you're recording a podcast, excuse me. But anyway, winning the league title with at least seven games to spare is a record. The most successive league victories over two seasons uh, being 23. We had 23 successive league victories, beating the 20 that Man City had back in 11-12. Um, we have the equal most points at home in a single season, 55 out of 57. That's 18 wins and one draw. And I'll give you some more season records that we've broken because that's all, you know, I could be here for eight hours just talking about that, but I'm going to ask you guys some questions. Um, we're going to look at a player rating review that we've done um, between five of us in the Copon group. Um, we're going to start with Alison. Um, I gave Alison 9.5 out of 10 uh, because he had the audacity to get injured. Uh, and also he made, I think, two mistakes or one mistake that led to a goal. Um, so not quite a 10, although an absolute colossus at the back. Um, Doug, I saw that you gave Alison 9.5 out of 10 as well. Um, what kind of difference does he make to this Liverpool team? Obviously, when obviously we got injured against um, Norwich, we were all fearing the worst, like how Adrian would do. And to be fair, you know, for the first sort of eight games, Adrian actually did really, really well. Um, uh, but when when you obviously have a game against Manchester United coming up, 
you always think, yeah, you've got to play your you've got to play your best goalkeeper, and that was obviously Allison's you know first um, first appearance back in the in the team. But no, just so calm and composed, and he is going to he's only going to get better and better. I'm gutted he didn't get the Golden Glove, but um, what what a season, what a season he's had, and um, I think we can obviously tell from. The amount of games that he has played, and there's been some memorable games for for that as well. Um, but he's just so calm on the ball, and I don't I, actually from from obviously watching watching him play, I always get the the sense that I'm always calm when he has the ball. He's a very good shot stopper. His distribution is getting better as well. Um, just a class act. But yeah, nine point five, not quite a ten for me. Um, but he's he's been absolutely fantastic, and I'm I am pretty sure he is going to be here for many more years to come. Um, yeah, I mean, like let's let's all hope so because we can you could build dynasties on a goalkeeper like that, can't you? Uh, Joe in the Copon group he gave Allison a, a measly nine out of ten, which is also absolutely fantastic. And Robin agreed with us, Doug, uh, on nine point five. But Brian, you gave uh, the big. Alison Ramesses Becker, a whopping ten out of ten. Um, explain yourself, Brian. <laughs> it's very straightforward, lads. I completely agree with you. I was saying, yeah, he's almost perfect. He got injured, but then I remembered what he looks like, and that <laughs> man is magnificent. <laughs> Let's be honest here; he is a specimen. You see that guy, I just just other men shriek in his presence. He's got that beard, he's got that hair, he doesn't drive a car, he turns up to training on a horse. The man's just amazing. <laughs> he's got everything. He just he, and he, I just say like he, he could have he could have you know fucked up beyond all recognition and he just it just goes right off and like nothing's ever happened. He just he just exudes calmness. And, and we've got this. He doesn't. You just. You just see him questioning himself in any way, shape, or form. He's just a perfect keeper. And he. And he. Yeah, he got. He got caught out a couple of times when he first started with us and whatever. But you know, you know, keepers are gonna. Because keepers are gonna have off days occasionally. But I just love that he's our keeper because I wouldn't change him for any keeper on the planet. He's brilliant. Well, that's so I gave I gave him the I gave him the ten for the beard and the hair. There you go. That's that's, that's it. <laughs> it's a yes. It's very detailed analysis you went into there, Brian. Excellent stuff. Um, I, I'm going to stay with you, Brian, on the next one because I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you. We're going to do these these players uh, in number order. Okay, shirt number order, yeah. not position number. So number okay. one was Alison Becker. Number three. Uh, in our squad is Fabinho and Doug and I okay. both gave him a whopping 10 out of 10 but you only gave him 7.5 does he need to work on his beard and he's got no hair what's wrong with you he's got no hair he's got no facial hair he's got no hair in his head he's got a little bit I of mean, facial hair on. he's got that sort of under tuft that's the worst that's the absolute worst somebody <laughs> should have a word he's growing a he's growing a deg he's growing a digokarigi beard it's the it's the absolute worst beard you could possibly can just don't do it my friend is that why no, is, I, is that I why think... you docked him 2.5 points then so yeah, only 7.5 yeah, out of 10 to, you know, no but why right why well no tell me talk to me why 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 is he so so low in your estimation 
Uh, okay, so I think he's an absolute Rolls Royce of a of a of a player, and I think he has been that player for us. Um, but I think when he came back, he didn't come back the same player, um, and he's for me he's still not the same player uh, when he was absolutely commanding games and bossing games and we were all going wow this guy is so amazing so i mean when he first came he took a little bit of time to kind of get in get into his stride and then once he did he just reminded me of um i'm trying to think uh, mascarano in his plum you know really just running games and just commanding that whole midfield presence there and then he came back and he came back from the injury and i just thought he was just off the pace quite a bit i think for me, he he was he, there was quite a few games where he, it was just it was it was quite obvious he wasn't the same player that he was before he got injured for a while, and so I think the second half of the season for me for for a while there he wasn't he wasn't great for me, and 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 um, and there was nobody else to play that position really um, uh, as well as him, so. I uh, I took him down a few notches, and he doesn't have any facial hair, so or hair on his top. So combined the two together, it was just bad news for him, I'm afraid. So I thought seven. Oh, seven's very solid. He's obviously he's a ten kind of player. Yes. And if I think if he if he didn't get a if he didn't get injured, I think he would have been he would have been a ten for me. But the injury and then his subsequent uh, sketchy form for about four games, I thought you know I just harshly put him down for seven. So, you know, it's a bit. Uh, I wanted to stand out from the crowd as well. Okay, well that's all right. You're <laughs> you're your own man, Brian. That's absolutely fine. Um, Doug, um, do you have anything to say to to defend Fabinho? I think he's been absolutely outstanding since he's returned to the the, the team, um, and he's coming with a few assists as well. But I would have I would have to say that obviously before he got injured, he was probably our best player. Um, and I love I love the fact that the fans call him the Hoover because obviously he sweeps things up. Um, but I have to say, Fabinho for me gets a ten for just basically just being absolutely awesome. Um, and you know if he hadn't got if he hadn't got injured when he did, I reckon he would probably be up there for probably Liverpool Player of the Season because I think he's been absolutely magnificent and. Uh, what an absolute bargain we have got from Monaco, honestly. He, he is only going to get better as well. He's only young as well. That's, 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 the, that's the fascinating thing about Fabinho. He is, he is still very, very young, and um, he's only going to get better. So, yeah, um, for me, he's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, very good stuff, very good stuff. I, I, he's uh, 25 years old now. Um, he, play, he played um, around about 2,000 minutes uh, in, in in this season, um, our top uh, minute maker this season was Virgil van Dijk. And that's who we're going to move on to next, Virgil, because he's number four in the squad. Um, this one was unanimous. Oh, by the way, with for Fabinho, Joe and Robin gave Fabinho 9 out of 10 and 8.5 out of 10. So maybe Robin was more on your side, Brian, about missing a few games. Um, but Virgil van Dijk sweeps the board with 10 out of 10. Um, he's not in the conversation for player of the year, Doug, uh, because, you know, everyone's talking about Henderson or De Bruyne uh, in terms of, you know, ability from, from City. Henderson, there's always the thing, well, context or, you know, maybe you think he's good enough. But Virgil van Dijk at least deserves to be in the conversation, doesn't he, Doug? 
Well, not according to Andreas Pereira. Uh, did, you, did you see what he said about um, <laughs> Yes, that little t- tit. Well, I was going to swear, but I don't even need to. He's a tit, as in the little bird, insignificant. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the fact, the fact that, he, that he is Brazilian uh, just kind of uh, baffles everybody. Um, no, Virgil van Dijk again. <laughs> it's been another solid season. And uh, we obviously saw from his goal today that he's still, he's, you know, he's still a danger from set pieces. And to be fair, he has cut, chipped in with a few goals. Obviously, I remember the double against Brighton earlier in the season. Um, obviously, two headers, um, two similar headers as well. Um, but he's just so cool, calm and composed. And he's Virgil van Dijk. That's that's the one thing you can say. Best defender in the world. Um, and it has to be said that if anyone, if anyone didn't give Virgil van Dijk a 10 out of 10, then that would be an absolute disgrace. Because Virgil van Dijk is calm, cool, and composed, and he he chips him with goals. So that's that's the and if we if we were without Virgil van Dijk, our team would be a lot worse off, I think. So Virgil van Dijk for me, ten out of ten. But to be honest, it's going a thousand out of ten. It's going a million out of ten. He is that good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if we could turn it up to 11, we would, for Virgil van Dijk, wouldn't we, Brian? I mean, I remember the very first Cop On podcast. This We've just gone over our second anniversary, so thank you so much to everybody who's listened to Cop On over the last two years. But our very first episode, um, I was talking about how, in when we look back uh, upon Liverpool... Um, uh, from you know the point point of view of, of perhaps you know twenty twenty five, and we look back to this this time. Um, you could you could divide Liverpool under Klopp into two um, periods. There's BV before Virgil, and AD, <laughs> which is in the year of our dyke. Uh, talk talk to us about Virgil, Brian. Yeah, well, he, he's uh, we saw the lights. He, he brought the lights, and uh, <laughs> all, it, it was all good after after the the year of our dyke, uh, for it was prophesized. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's true. It's like uh, it, it's it's a real watermark. It's a real it's a real um, point in our history where things really changed. Um, I mean, people point to the keeper as well, but uh, I mean. We really made a statement to the world, world football, when we signed him for that money as well, because we basically announced ourselves back on the big stage. We were like, Liverpool are back, Liverpool are serious. We're, you know, we, we're, uh, we're aiming to be back at the top table. And that's where we are. We're not just at the top table, but we're at the top seat at the top table. We are running stuff again. Like, we are literally the biggest club on the planet right now. And uh, yeah, he, yeah, he, he's exactly like uh, Alison. He, but he, even more so, he just exudes that uh, that dominance. It was just a dom- It's just a horrible football team to play against. It really is. And uh, he's so fast for a big man. He really is. I just don't know where he gets that pace from. He just turns it on, and he never looks like he's reaching for anything, and just swats players aside like they're nothing i remember i listened i watched the game i don't know if it was the last game and uh, jamie carrigan was doing the commentary um and uh the ball came and verge 
pat, like headed the ball to himself. <laughs> and just <laughs> with a strike, I can't describe it, but uh, Jamie Carragher just laughed on, 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 on live on the mic and just thought it was just pure filth. It really is. He's just so confident um, on the ball and just a great guy as well. Just so chill, down to earth. Uh, yeah, now he's brilliant and 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 long uh, may he last. And it's great that Gomez is playing, is learning the ropes, playing alongside him because I I think Gomez has just as much um, potential as Verge. And then we've got a couple of really cracking young defenders in our in our youth setup as well that um, that that can um, make the next step up as well. So, yeah, it's, it's one of the most, if not the most, other than Klopp, uh, important Liverpool signings in, in the modern age, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Interesting you talk about the young players coming through um, because maybe with, with uh, Lovren leaving, um, it, it, you know, it will be chance for a chance for Kiana Hoover, who's been very patient, but is so highly rated by teams like Real Madrid, apparently, and Paris Saint-Germain, apparently, and these other big sides across Europe. So let's see if he's ready to step up. Um, but yeah, Virgil van Dijk, uh, 3,420 minutes in the Premier League, uh, an ever-present 38 games and 38 starts, the only one in our team to have done so. Five goals, one assist. Um, uh, whoscored.com has his season rating as 7.31, which just tells you that stats are all nonsense sometimes. But uh, yeah, let's go to number five in our squad. Doug, GD Vineldum. Now, the people who are unfortunately not a- a- available for this call, but uh, they've given their player ratings. Uh, Joe gave him 8.5 out of 10. Robin gave him 8 out of 10. But you, Doug, you've gone for 9 for Genie. Yes, um, one of the most disrespected players on football Twitter. I mean, I've, I've lost count on how many times that people complain of him going missing in games, of, of not, doing, not doing a lot in, in games as well. Jeannie Van Aldem is one of our most important players and I really, really pray to God that he actually signs a new contract because he is so, so influential in that midfield. Um, And he is so, so important as well. As much as, you know, we we say that obviously Henderson is very, very important. Jeannie Van Aldem is very, very important as well. Um, And... Obviously, we saw from the Chelsea game that how angry he, he looked in his in his goal celebration. But we have to say that Gini Van Aldum again has had a fantastic season again, um, and I would be absolutely gutted if he decided that his pastures would be um, elsewhere. Because for me, Gini Van Aldum has been an ever stay in this Liverpool side, um, and has really really impressed. And you know. Th- They've all played a part. They have all played a part. But Gini Van Alden, for me, is, like I said, is one of the most disrespe- disrespected people. Probably, he's, he's so underrated as well. Like I don't think I don't think many I don't think many Reds actually see what he actually brings to the team. He is very very dynamic in midfield. Play he can play a ball. He can score goals as well. I know, I know he obviously scored against um, scored against Chelsea. But um, Van Alden, for me. 
is one of the first names on the team sheet. So for me, 9 out of 10. I would have given him a 10, but like I said, he has had some poor performances this season. But but a 9 out of 10, he's been magnificent this season. Another fantastic season for Mr. Genie in a bottle of Vinaldum, as, as Dave Trainer would say. <laughs> Absolutely. Genie in the bottle. But, uh, you know, staying with you, Doug, um, you know, talk about his importance to the team. Um, if, hypothetically speaking, we don't sign anyone in the summer, but Genie signs a contract extension, do you think you would be happy with that as summer business? Um, yeah, in a way you would be. Um, because I think I think we're obviously looking at it. Like we obviously will we'll come on to Naby Keita very very shortly. But I think. I think there is now probably like, I think I think two slots in the midfield are definitely sewn up. I think that's Fabinho and Henderson, and then I think it's a case of Vinaldum and Keita. I think you might see them rotate quite a bit next season. So you know, if, if Vinaldum does sign a new a new contract, yes, I would be happy. I would be happy because, like I said, he is very very important part of the part of the squad. But um, I do think that. Um, there, there's only one place in that midfield that I think is probably up for grabs, and I think it could be Genie's uh, position. So I think potentially we could see um, Genie possibly rotating, being rotated next season. Interesting stuff. Yeah, Genie Vinaldum, 2,948 minutes, uh, four goals, uh, no assists, but a, a season passing success rate of 90.8. Um, I think it's the highest in our entire squad. Let me just uh, double check that. Well, yes, OK, you, you don't count Harvey Elliott, who's on 90.9 from his uh, his uh, two substitute appearances, so that doesn't count. But, um, yeah, so Jeannie Vinealdum, possibly the best passer in our team. Brian, what do you make of him and his season? Oh, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, I think he suffers from the same thing that uh, Hendo um, suffers from, and it's, it's the fact that he was signed from a pretty unfancied team. You know, like Hendo came from Sunderland, Genie came from Newcastle. Uh, I think it might have been the Newcastle team that got relegated that season. And you know, and, and anytime we sign a player like that, it's usually um, that 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 kind of stench of their previous team um, hangs over their head for a very, very long time. And uh, they had to really, really break the mold to kind of break out of it. I think, um, uh, you know, Robbo has done that, but, but we haven't had brilliant left backs at Liverpool for a while. So that kind of, that's kind of helped with, but we've had have a lot of great midfielders over the years and even recent years. Um, but he's, uh, I mean, he's a cultured footballer. And I think a lot of football fans who, who kind of know what they're looking at know what he does and uh you know he's just a just a very 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 solid footballer you know exactly what you're going to get from him he's so consistent he never his 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 form rarely drops below a 8.5 ace you know it's just a solid sometimes you can get 10 out of him but you're never going to get below an ace and uh you know when he's when he's given the freedom to to roam a bit and to 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 get forward, he's just a brilliant uh, attacking option as well. When he's let loose, I mean, I think he's been on fire for the Dutch team um, in the past year. So yeah, great. Um, 
But, you know, I think, you know, if you want to be the best team and you want to stay the best team, you have to be ruthless. And um, I think there is room to inject even more competition into the midfield there because a couple of players, I mean, I think Naby can make that, make that jump, but he has to make that jump pretty, pretty quickly in the new season, I think. Uh, there's no more time for development, really. I think next year is is, is uh, crucial for him. Like if he if he can get going and and uh, he becomes a regular in the team and he can pin down a place, then great. But if he doesn't, then we we're looking short. I for me in in middle of the pitch because I'm not convinced about um, Ox um, as much as I like him as a player. Um, I'm not sure he's at the same standards now um, as Hendo or uh, Genie. So, um, yeah, look, I, I absolutely hope, that I wouldn't want to, I just know there's no players except for the obvious players, players who've obviously already said they're leaving uh, because of their the contracts or they're obviously at the end of their Liverpool career. But any player that's in around the starting team and the bench is a player that I'd like to hang on to. And Genie is a massive player for us you know i think and he's a probably a much much bigger player for the team than he is for the fans and the team would definitely not want to lose the quality that he brings to the to the game every time he gets on the pitch yeah it's it's quality and it's and it's fitness as well and that's a, you know a bit of question mark over you know unluckily of course uh oxay chamberlain and um and nabi kato of course fabinho had his problems as we alluded to earlier and Henderson as well you know but uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum um, you both gave him 9 out of 10 Doug you mentioned the fact that he's often underrated I think you both underrated him because I gave him 9.5 Genie what a guy number 6 number 6 in our squad Dayan Lovren um, I, I'm I've said this since we started Cop on Podcast over the last two years I respect Diane Lovren as as someone who is a, a you know a quote top professional as they say um you know oh I, I never unquoted that but there you go I don't mind you know what I mean a top professional that's the cliche about Diane, Diane Lovren but it's absolutely true here's someone who gives his all for the team he's not quite good enough for me he's made nine appearances one substitute appearance, 777 minutes, which is a beautiful number uh, in the in the Premier League this season. He actually got one assist, uh, which is one of the passes of the season uh, to set up Divock Origi against Everton with that control and finish uh, right over the, the flailing uh, arms, if you can call them those, of Jordan Pickford. Um, uh, I gave him only six out of 10 uh joe gave just said big dog seven uh, i think he gave him an extra point just because he's the big dog um but uh quite interestingly for me doug you gave him an eight out of ten you you you're you're a big dog aficionado or whatever that word is <laughs> um yeah i look i think love run like give give him his dues. I know I know people obviously have nightmares when he comes onto the pitch. I me me included. But um, it's more sort of off the pitch where I think he's I think he's been very very um, good. Um, he, he's a top top professional. Uh, there's no doubt about it. 
very very funny on his on his Twitter as well. Um, I think I think people forget about the fact that obviously when we played, I think it was Manchester City. I think he started the Manchester City game. Didn't look out of place. Um, he's had a few good games this season, um, but what I'm basically basing my rating on is that um, he, it looks like he's going to be moving on to Pastures New, and I think it's probably time, for, you know, the, the right time for club and player to obviously, you know, part part ways, etc. But he will he will get my best wishes, and uh, I'll always remember him for the for the goal against Dortmund because I think everyone that night was just just an absolute awesomeness of uh, of what he actually managed to achieve and I think I think he will be remembered about that but what a way what a way to go out you know um, a Champions League winner last season uh, you know obviously you've got the Super, European Super Cup this season uh, Club World Cup as well and the you know a Premier League winner so and obviously we've obviously got one other player that obviously will be leaving uh, as well, and obviously we wish him well as uh, as well. And basically, they came at the same time; they will be leaving at the same time. So Dejan Lovren gets the best wishes from me, um, and uh, he he's been a top professional, and he's he has played his part, whether or not it has given you butterflies, etc. But he has had a few few good games to to be fair. But yeah, Dejan Lovren will get the the biggest best wish from me for sure. Yeah, me too. It's very well said. You're absolutely right. I mean, he, you know, he must have had a massive influence uh, on the team behind the scenes. You know, for a good friendship with Mo Salah, etc. But, uh, but on the pitch, Brian. I mean, I gave him a six out of ten. Like just a sort of, you know, bang average. I don't know. It sounds cruel. But he's, uh, you know, he plays the pass of the season and then he trips over his own feet or whatever. You know, there's no real example of him tripping over his feet. But there are plenty of examples of him sort of being out of position and messing up the defensive line. Um, Even against City, as Doug said in that performance where he didn't do too badly. But if you watch the highlights back, all of City's chances, all of them, you look at... Dayan Lovren's positioning and uh, he's sort of, I don't know, he's the wrong side of their attackers. What do you make of him, Brian? Um, oh, look, I mean, I have, uh, I like him. Uh, I have, you know, when, I, when he moves on, I think back to him, I'll think about him fondly. Uh, he's a character, he has an awfully a lot, he obviously has a lot of character. Uh, anytime you see any kind of uh, video, of him in and around the dress room on the training ground. He seems like one of the guys who's kind of creating the laugh, creating the banter in and around. Klopp obviously loves him, but that's, that, that seems very apparent anytime you see the two interact. Um, and as a player, look, I think he's a great player. He's a great footballer. He's a great defender, but he is not, um, he's not a, an amazing footballer. And he, and he lacks that, um, consistency that uh, centre-backs for the top teams have to have if they're going to be considered uh, worthy of their place in one of the, you know, uh, marquee football teams on the planet. And that's the problem with him. He just, you know, he came to us with a massive reputation. He came to us with a similar reputation to Verge uh, had, maybe not quite as his, but he was very, very highly thought of um, when he had that great season uh, with Southampton. Um, and uh, at the time, I think he was considered the best 
uh, centre-back in the Premiership that wasn't playing for a top team. Um, and then it just became very apparent after he signed for us that, you know, playing in a back four, it just didn't, he didn't seem the same player that he did. Because I think he played in the back three with uh, Southampton and, uh, and his passing as well. I mean, his passing when he played for Southampton was amazing. He was just pinging the ball all over the place. But then when he came to us, I don't know. I think um, a lot of players down the years have said that, you know, the, the shirt is very heavy. Um, and uh, when these players come to a really, really big club for the first time, sometimes it, it, that, that shirt can kind of uh, weigh on them quite quite heavily. And I think at times he kind of overcompensated. He, he, he kind of gave it the big man and, and strut around. But ultimately, he was the guy who let us down one time too many. And I think, uh, I think the, you know, the cop and Liverpool fans are very forgiving. Um, and they'll they'll stand by players for a very 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 long time, but then once they once they once they mess up one time too many, it's difficult to bring them back on side. And uh, I think for him that that time came about two years ago, I think. And then since then, <laughs> it's been a slow, steady. <laughs> he's like been a he's like a balloon, you know, just losing a hot air balloon, just losing altitude slowly. <laughs> over the past two years and and Gomez just the obvious choice for a partner with um Reg. but look he you know he's he's been in that squad, like such great as uh, Doug said such great memories with him he's a he's a bit of a head case he's he's, he's come up with some absolutely brilliant goals at uh, key moments and uh you know he's a he's a I mean he's not I'm not going to think of him like Jimmy Chirori for example who also won a Champions League medal <laughs> like I think you know he He's earned his spot at our club. He won us some great trophies whilst he was here, but he wasn't. He wasn't. It's, his time is right. The time for him to move on is perfect now. You know, thanks for everything you did. You'll always be remembered very well here. Always welcome back. I wish him well wherever he goes, but I'm kind of glad he's moving on. Yeah, I think there are lots of people who, who, who would agree with you there, Brian. A lot of people would agree with you. Um, the next one, number seven, James Milner. We've we've already talked about him. Um, I'll just gloss over him. We have to get we have to get moving, otherwise we will be here all night. But uh, all three of us gave him ten out of ten. Um, Joe gave him eight point five out of ten, and Robin gave him seven point five out of ten. But we're all in agreement here that uh, Jimmy Milner is an absolute legend. I mean, off the pitch, on the pitch, uh, he's he's superb, and I think he might even be. Uh, you know, obviously slowing down a little bit, you know, losing that fraction, but he might be actually improving as a player in terms of his overall nous is 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 at a an extreme level. Uh, you know, several times a day, he was just superb. But anyway, um, number eight, I'm going to go straight to number eight, Naby Keita. Um, I gave him eight point five. Doug, you gave him eight, and Brian, you gave him seven point five. Um, Doug. Nabi Keita, go. Yeah, Nabi Keita, for me, one of the most improved players um, since lockdown. There's no doubt about it. He, you know, he came back, um, came back, played really, really well. Um, and just ever so recently, he looks like he's going to be the player that we bought from Leipzig. He's, um, he's very, very well improved. And 
I really, I really like the way he plays. Um, I, I thought he was very unlucky not to get a goal against Newcastle today. There was, there was a nice wee ball from I think, uh, I think Firmino, and you know if he just got a little bit of an inch second, it would have been another, um, <clears throat> it would have been another, uh, another goal for Naby. But I tell you something, it is very, very uh, great to see him actually now getting a continued run in the in the team. Um, but. Yeah, for me, most improved player since lockdown, um, and I have no other words to describe. Uh, Na- I think I think the thing the thing is everyone that is now associated with the term Nabi lad. Well, Nabi lad, if you continue the way you're going to be playing, you will become a really really great player for uh, for Liverpool, and I-, I can see him playing more and more. Nabby lad, what a I mean, what a guy, what a nickname. He was smiling and laughing. And uh, you know he he was he said yes lad when they when they all shouted nabby lad at him, uh, Brian, I'm just going to say nabby lad once more. What do you think of nabby lad? Yes, nabby lad. Yes, <laughs> that's all we need to say to nabby lad. They love him. Klopp, the, 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 the Liverpool fans love him. Obviously, every every now and again, players. Some players are just lucky, and the fans just take to him. And I think the fans have taken to him, and we all want him to do amazing and well and it's obvious that he's 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 a player and uh you know and he has the potential to be just yes an absolute superstar um and i agree with doug he's the best player since we've come back for sure like he's he's really influencing games and anytime he gets on the ball i'm you know he he makes things happen and I, I think, I don't know if it's my imagination, but he seems to put a, a more of a shift in as well on the press. Um, he's, he's more, um, he's hunting the ball down a lot more. And uh, I think for the, when I seen him play the first half of the season, there was a lot of side by side, side balls. And just, he was just kind of like uh, recycling the ball, whatever. And when he came, for me, I, I thought we were signing, a, a, you know, a, Philip Coutinho type player, right? a player who can actually take on a man and uh, unlock these uh, low blocks that we're coming up against week in, week out. Um, and yeah, the last few games, he's just been phenomenal, really. I mean, he's he's earned all the plaudits that he's got and I, I can't wait to see him play next season. Yes, indeed. It's it, it's really, really good. But I mean, for, for context, we have to, you know, look at, look at it the entire season. I mean, he... He's played 814 minutes, which is really not that much compared to, yeah, Gini Wijnaldum again, 2,948. Fabinho, 2,075. Jordan Henderson, 2,244. And Naby just on 814. We've got to hope and pray that he's he's uh, going to stay injury-free for next season because nine, nine appearances as a starter and nine off the bench. Um... I mean, he's a wriggling eel. He's like, you know, if you ch- when you've got the, the, the slippery bar of soap in your hands and it just flies out, that's what he's like in small spaces. He's absolutely tremendous to watch, isn't he? Um, uh, the next number in our squad is number nine, Bobby Firmino. He's my kind of footballer. I'm just smiling thinking about him. Uh, Brian, staying with you, uh, Bobby Dazzler. Yeah, my kind of footballer as well. Just brilliant. Just, yeah. Ah, I, I, I just, I've run out of things to say about him. He's just the best. He's so good. He's invented his own position. 
<laughs> that's it. There's only one person in the entire world that plays this position, him. And uh, yeah, just nothing. I've got no more of the same, please, Bobby. More of the same. Maybe, maybe chill on the haircuts though. I think it's last no. a, a bit sketch. What do you mean? <laughs> I think they're getting better with age. His haircuts are like. I don't know. They're like they're like the the contemporary art movement. You know what I mean? In a modern art movement, in the you know, as you know, started. You could say it started with the impressionists, who were who were ridiculed when they started drawing little lines on the canvas, and people were saying, "What the heck is that?" In a hundred years, Brian, everybody will look back at that haircut, saying that started something because everyone's going to be walking around with red afros and it's absolutely beautiful brian and i'm not going to have a word my great against great it. my great 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 aunt may has the same haircut and your great 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 granddaughter will also have the same haircut because this is how fashion works brian it, it may seem ridiculous exactly. to us now but no bobby Firmino. um uh, yeah. do you do you do you I mean, you remember Cantona, Brian. I mean, we're both old enough to remember yeah. the brilliance of it. I mean, now in retrospect, you do have to say that. It makes me still, ugh, there's a little knot in my stomach. But he was absolutely fantastic. Ooh. And his flicks and stuff, you know, when, when you know they kicked the ball up to Cantona, United were under pressure, and he would sort of flick the ball and caress it. Bobby Firmino, I would say, looking at him today and I've been thinking about this for, for a few times I rate him higher than Cantona in that area of the game in terms of holding the ball up bringing people into play I've never seen anything yes. like it Brian yeah he is and I think a lot of people miss out on that because you know people just focus in on the fact that okay he doesn't score as much goals as the other guys and he is a provider of the ball to them and that's the obvious thing that you can say. But he's like, I can't think of a, a more intelligent footballer in world football right now. And um, I mean, how do you, you, you can't, it's difficult to play against him because the other, the, the, the guys who are trying to defend against him literally don't have the same operating system that he does. He can see things that they don't. And he's so unselfish as well. And he knows how to use that. So he will, he will drop into spaces or move in there and pull players in and out and and just to give his teammates uh, the free run on on the ball and you just know like we were joking um watching the game i think one of the, i think naby didn't carry on his run tonight uh, when we were playing against newcastle and bobby did the flick in in the box and if he had if naby had carried on his run he would have been onto it and it would have been a goal and you just know with Bobby that he's passing. The, the ball is coming. Just, just, just um, assume Bobby is, is doing a through ball. He's going to put the ball between the player's legs and it's going to land right on your feet as you're running. Um, because he can do it. He can, doesn't matter where the ball is, he, he's going to. So, yeah, he's, I mean, the three of them combined, I think he supercharges the other two um, because... He's so good in his own right, but you just do you go with him? Do you stay with him? Do you, do you mark him? Because he's you know he's either looking to score a goal or he's looking to mess with you so you can so you can give space to his um, to his uh, two strike partners. And it's very rare in the modern game to find a striker that that unselfish who's at the top of his game, you know, because there's so much pressure on strikers 
to get goals. You, that's they're judged by it solely alone. You know, and if they don't get enough goals, and that's it. They're they're, they're useless, right? There's no, it's no, it's no, there's very little room for um, for error. Um, but yeah, he has managed to carve out this very special place in world football where more and more people judge him not on the goals that he scores but just the absolute commitment you know he's like uh he's got the same graph that Coit uh had you know he just gives you everything every game um and he and he he's always smiling you just never see him in a mood you know just the character of the guy as well just another great guy so yeah he's just he's he's uh Again, I would say with Doug and, and Jeannie, again, a really very underrated player. I mean, people do give him plaudits, but not the one, not as much as I think he deserves. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I only gave him 9.5 out of 10, though. It would be a 10, of course, but he just kept missing. Um, was it 13 XG at Anfield? And he got one of them. Uh, he, he, could have, he could have scored more. It's not a big criticism, of course. It takes him off... Uh, 0.5 out of 10 in my book. Um, Doug, you also gave him 9.5 out of 10. Bobby Firmino, I mean, he supercharges uh, our attack, as Brian says. He's the he's uh, Nikola Tesla's induction uh, magneto engine, isn't he? Uh, Doug, what do you what what can you say about Bobby? Uh, I mean, what well, I mean, I mean, I totally agree with Brian. Totally underrated. Totally disrespected as well. Um, but not obviously by Liverpool fans. Obviously, we can see what he brings to the team. He's the glue to our front three. Um, it's mainly by sort of media pundits alike and obviously other rival fans. But you know, they can basically go where the sun don't shine uh, when it comes to Bobby Firmino. And um, no, Bobby Firmino for me um, has played his part this season. Yes, obviously, he hasn't scored as much as obviously Mane and Salah, but. Still very, very important. And I was absolutely made up for him when he scored against Chelsea uh, the other night as well. I, I, think, I think we all were. It, was just, it, it just had the feeling that it was going to come down to that last game that he was going to get, get a goal against Chelsea because um, he's got a really good goal-scoring record against Chelsea. But no, Bobby Firmino, always smiling, always playing his part for the team. And uh, you know he's, he's had some uh, very, very good assists. I, mean, I remember actually the one against um, Newcastle where he sort of back heels it very, very delightfully for uh, Mohamed Salah to obviously put the ball past Dubravka um, for obviously the third goal in that, in, that, in that game. So, no, for me, Bobby Firmino, still a class act, and uh, I think he will get better next season. Um, because the thing is, I think he is disrespected by the fact that, yes, he doesn't score enough goals, but, you know, he's very, very creative. And he's still, you know, he's still popping up with uh, some uh, good assists as well. So, uh, no, Bobby Firmino for me is just, it's just the uh, obviously the goals at Anfield didn't uh, weren't, weren't coming for him, and that's the only reason I've sort of put a 0.5 off his off his mark. It would have been a 10 because he he probably has the whitest teeth of anybody in that Liverpool squad. <laughs> Although anyway, anyway, there there's a few of them that's definitely got the whitest teeth, uh, especially with uh, Van Alden and. <laughs> You know, well, Bobby Firmino, of course, Bobby Dazzler, etc. So, no, for me, Firmino has had another fantastic season. And, uh, 
Yeah, just get more goals next season, Bobby, and uh, I think I think I think people will finally see what you actually bring to the uh, the team. And uh, yeah, that's a message for rival fans, etc. So, definitely. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean that's the scary thing is that if he does actually score a few more of the goals that he gets into such great positions to score, and you know, chances that he should really put away sometimes, um, then if he actually does put them in, which he's entirely capable of, then we could actually get even better next season or the front three can, which is. Extraordinary. And we're going to move on um, to uh, the other person, uh, the next person in our front three, I should say. The second one we're going to talk about today, and it's Sadio Mane. Now, when I think of Sadio Mane this season, there are there are two main things that stand out for me, right? There's, there's Sadio Mane, the, the passion of the guy, which you could see when we beat City, and he was shouting yes in the camera you know really close to the camera and you could see how important that result was and for me that was probably the most important result of the season I mean we could talk all night about you know Villa and you know Leicester away and all these other great results but beating Man City the first time um, when we beat 3-1 you could see Mane's uh, passion and his delight that we had won that match. Absolutely extraordinary. We all gave him 10 out of 10, all five of us who put the player ratings on, and that's one image. The other image I have of Sadio Mane this season is that goal he scored. I believe it was against Norwich, I can't remember. And it was like a long, wafted, lofted pass uh, from the back, and he jumped up and swivelled and took it on his chest and landed, and then in the same movement absolutely thwacked the ball with his left foot into the bottom corner of the goal. And it was almost impossible. There was a professor, I can't remember her name, unfortunately, on Twitter, who's a professor of like biomechanics, saying just how impossible that is. And it, it, that's the second thing that I'm going to remember for this season of Sadio Mane and Sadio Mane's career in general. It's the way that he moves is impossible, Brian. It's almost like... He's on a catapult. He's on the end of a catapult, right? And you fire him out, but then there's another catapult that pointing in a completely different direction that catches him and then spits him back out at an impossible angle, even faster. He's moving like, you know, like those those particles and they're not quite sure how, but they can sort of jump across space and time. He's like that, Brian. He is, and he's like that because he's in the football matrix. He, can, <laughs> he just sees it all in front of him. It's so very... If you look at his eyes, his eyes are just... He just... It's, got, it's like he knows the secret. If you look at him, he always looks like somebody has told him a secret and he, he knows and you don't know. Um, and his movement... It's funny you mentioned that because I was just watching... I think it was the game I hope you said against Bayern Munich when he put half the Bayern Munich team on their ass. I don't know if you remember that one where he kind of the ball came down, he turned one way, turn and then put the keeper down and then turned another way and then knocked the ball back the opposite way into the top corner. It's just like what how did he just do that? It's and just to have the audacity and the creativity just to turn he just turned the whole he turned like 
three defenders and one of the best keepers in the world inside out and just nonchalantly knocked the ball into the top corner and then just walked off like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> it wasn't like it. It wasn't like a fluke or anything. This is what I wanted to do. Yeah, look, I just, I just think he's amazing. And I think, you know, um, this season has been his season for me. Uh, the season before that was like uh, Salah's season, and maybe next season will be Bobby's uh, season. Um, um, but this year, you know, I was just thinking, he. what I like about him the most is, um, you, it's, you mentioned his passion. That, that's what I like about him the most, because for me, he has that same passion that Stevie G had uh, when he got on the, on the game. You just felt that Stevie G had to win every game. And he, he just, he wanted it more than anybody on the pitch. And when he didn't get it, he was angry. Or if, if it was close, if the win was there to be had, you could see it. It was like he just really doubled down and grit his teeth. And there was times where you could just tell that Sadio just wanted it, wanted it, wanted it, wanted it. And he wasn't going to settle for not getting it. And uh, he just played right to the end. And every time he gets the ball, he just never... I don't think I can't remember him being knocked off the ball once or anybody ever getting the ball off him. Like once he gets it, that's it. And he also he's just got everything. He's got a bit of gnarly, he's got a bit of uh he's got a gnarliness to him. I like that in a player as well. <laughs> I like a player that uh you know is a nice guy but can, you know, stick a boot in occasionally as well, just to let you know that it's not all fun and games. So yeah, this this season he's just been Phenomenal. I, I can't remember him having a bad game and uh, what a player, you know, unbelievable. Unbelievable indeed. Uh, WhoScored.com, they they uh, got uh, Virgil van Dijk completely wrong by only giving him 7.31 out of 10. But they, got, they have Sadio Mane as our player of the season. The highest rating uh, is 7.45, the highest rating of any of our players. Um, 31 appearances. Uh, as a starter and four as a sub, 2,756 minutes, 18 goals, seven assists, three yellow cards, um, the best passing success rate of all of our players with um, 81.6, sorry, of all of our, sorry, not all of our players, all of our front three, excuse me. Um, and Doug, we all gave him 10 out of 10. Um, why isn't Sadio in the, in the conversation for, for player of the year? Good question, eh? Good, absolutely good question. Um, the amount of important goals he has scored this season, Villa away, um, obviously got the third against Manchester City at, uh, at Anfield as well. Um, I think he got one of the goals against Southampton as well. Uh, I think I think he, I think that was the winner actually that day, if I remember right, or maybe maybe Firmino. But um, I I can count countless of goals that we've actually had from Manny that you could say were either a draw, uh, like like a win or a draw, because he has been that important this season that I agree with Brian. Like I don't think I've ever seen him lose possession or get man-muscled out of the game at all. So Sadio Manny for me, has had a fantastic season. And... Um, you know, I think he's been kind of the main man this season. Um, I think we've obviously seen that, you know, Mane can definitely, you know, score goals at important times as well. Um, but, yeah, for me, 
Mane should definitely be up there for player of the season. I know obviously people are going to say obviously De Bruyne and obviously you know Henderson etc. But for me, Mane has been probably our most important player this season. And uh, you know what? I'm glad we've got him. I'm glad we've got him, and I'm pretty sure you will see him get notch up 100 Premier League goals next season. And uh, all this rubbish about him potentially leaving for Real Madrid and all these teams that are going to come in for him in the summer. No, he just looks happy. He looks, he looks really, really happy playing his football. So um, why would you why would you want to leave? We're, we're, we're Premier League champions. You know, we're still the current Champions League holders. You know, we've got the European Super Cup. We're, we're the World Club champions. Why would, he, why would he want to leave? So Sadio Mane, for me, has had a phenomenal season. It's, yeah... It- it almost doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Him, him actually leaving. My gosh, let's hope and hope and pray that he he can he can stay. Let's write letters. Uh, let's uh, sing songs. Make up more songs for him. Let's uh, let's make another mural in in Liverpool, or you know, I'll do it here in in France. You know, a massive one on the side of someone's house. I don't know who, but one of my neighbours will have to be happy with it. I don't have enough space and my exterior wall um living as i do in a small apartment uh but uh you know it's not big enough to to pay tribute to sadio what a guy i tell you what we're going to do one more player in our player review because it gets us to to number 11 in the squad and then we're going to continue this another time because otherwise we'll be we'll be here for hours but this guy we need to talk about this guy uh mohammed salah now Sadio Mane, as I said, 18 goals, 7 assists from a brilliant Premier League season, just in the Premier League. Mohamed Salah, 19 goals and 10 assists. Um, he's not up for, for, for player of the season either. Uh, but I think, personally, if I had to choose, I love them all. I love them all. Um, all of our players, but... I do think Mohamed Salah might be our best player because he's double treble marked he's, and he wriggles out of situations like Sadio Mane today with his goal today. The way that they both find space is just so intelligent. Um, and Mohamed Salah, we, we, we gave him 10 out of 10, Doug, didn't we? Um, so 10 out of 10. I mean, having got 10 out of 10... Can he still improve, Doug? What do you think? Wow. Can Mohamed Salah still improve? Um, Again, another important part of our squad. um, And he is closing in on 100 Premier League goals. um, And I think he'd be probably the fastest to reach 100 Premier League goals as well. He's he's just so, so cool. Um, Became the first Egyptian to win the Premier League as well. I don't know if anyone... Uh, else sort of knew that or, or anything but yeah he, he is the first Egyptian to win the win the Premier League which is absolutely amazing um, but you have to say what a signing he has been what a signing and uh, you know he's been so so important this season and uh, I obviously um, probably one of the reasons I gave him a 10 is because he finally broke his duck against Manchester United Everyone was saying, oh, Salah doesn't score in the big games. Salah doesn't do this. Salah doesn't do that. But he finally got his goal against Manchester United. I think that was a big weight off his shoulder, knowing that, um, you know. And I think if you, if, you look, if you look back at that game, it's that that's probably the most iconic moment of the season, I would say. 
is that game where I think everyone was like, yeah, this is going to be our season. That we were going to win the win the Premier League with it because that goal from Salah, obviously he took his shirt off, and then all of a sudden you 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 know you had Allison sort of remembering sort of from Pepe Reina days when he jumped on top of uh, David and Gog when uh, when he scored um, in a in a two 0 one against Manchester United as well. So, um, but I think everyone kind of said that that moment that that Salah goal was the one that that was going to say that that Liverpool were going to win the win the Premier League but no Mohamed Salah again another fantastic season really unlucky not to get to 20 Premier League goals but I don't think he, I don't think he will care one jot about that um and do you know what I know that I know obviously we say obviously Firmino does the you know the the, the creative side of things Salah and Mane have just been absolutely fantastic this season um, and is Salah going to improve? I can see him getting more more Premier League goals next season. Um, and he's just he's just so so cool on the ball. A brilliant left foot. You know he can take set pieces as well. He's just had a phenomenal season. He has had a phenomenal season, and uh, long may it continue. I I. I... I don't know how you feel about this, Brian, but I get the feeling that not getting 20 goals will, you know, be a bit of an annoyance, actually, for Mohamed Salah, because he's got such high standards of himself. Um, but Mo Salah, every, well, everybody, four of us, four out of five of us, gave him 10 out of 10. But again, Brian... You only gave him 9.5. Only <laughs> 9.5. Um, are you being contrarian deliberately? Yes, I am. I, did, uh, I just I just wanted to annoy you a little bit. <laughs> I was going to open it up by saying he's been disappointing, let's be honest. You, you guys have been too easy on him. Um, <laughs> no, he's a 10. I was just being contrarian. Well spotted. <laughs> um, yeah, look, he's... Um, uh, look, what can I say? He's, he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. I mean, I think next season... Was this his best season? Um, I don't know, but... I mean, with Ronaldo being uh, nearly 45 now uh, or whatever, somebody has to take the title of world's best footballer and, you know, uh, and move in. I mean, Ronaldo's not going to give that up easy, but he's he's really pushing on now. Messi, not Ronaldo. Messi is still the world's best player. Yeah, obviously, obviously, that goes without saying. But I think... I think Ronaldo's kind of got the hype, right? You know, and he's got the kind of presence. But yeah, whichever. I mean, Messi or Ronaldo, both of them are are, are ready to you know to to pass on the crown. I think. And uh, who is the clear favorite to take on that uh, that role when that happens? And I think uh, Mo's in the running for to be that guy, and he has to. In order for him to be that guy, he needs to. He needs to take the step to the next level because I, I think he, I think he's capable of doing that. I think he's capable. So now he's like world class, and we don't give that out. You know, well, you shouldn't put that tag out willy nilly. Too many people use that too too uh, loosely. There's only a few players that are actually world class. He's one of them, um, and you can go, you know, one step further and just be in that very very special. Strata, you know, a very, very small group of a handful of players who are just 
global legends who, who everybody, every single football fan on the planet, you know, fondly remembers, you know, Pele, Maradona, you know, uh, these type of players. He could be one of that. He could be in that group. And I think um, next season, I mean, his consistency is there. Like people are saying, oh, you know, he's, let's see him do that again. He hasn't quite reached the the, stand, the massive standards they hit in previous seasons, but he's still very, very, very good. But I think there's another level for him to, to push on. And uh, yeah, he's been brilliant this season, he really has. Um, so long, long may it uh, continue. Yes, indeed. Well said, well said indeed. Um, and it's also his strength, uh, you know, because he, he's managed to play 33 times, start 33 times and make one substitute appearance um Sadio Mane 31 starts and four substitute appearances and uh, Bobby Firmino 34 appearances with four substitute appearances um it's so good that they're they're three not only boss lads to use a scouse word but also incredibly tough guys and that's that's an absolute credit to them and, uh, you know, the fitness coaches and the nutritionists and everything who are doing a marvellous job. Um, I, I think I'm going to I'm going to knock it on the head for today. Um, not knock it on the head. I'm going to gently give it a nice cup of cocoa and send it off to sleep this, you know, in a gentle fashion. This episode, it's been um, a real joy to talk to you both. Uh, about you know on the on the day where you know twenty nineteen twenty season has come to an end, um, it's been unforgettable for all of us. Uh, from there are so many marvelous memories that these uh, players have given us, um, and so many things to look back on. And uh, let's not be let's not be sad. Uh, let's just bask a bit in the glory. And I want to give you, before I go, just a few more records um, from this season. Uh, the equal best consecutive league wins. We equaled Man City's record of 18. Uh, we had the biggest lead in Premier League history, being 25 points. Um, this is the one that really blows my mind. It's just, if you remember, from our first 27 games, we... 126 and drew one of them that's 79 points out of 81 which is the greatest start if you can call 27 games a start of a season it's the greatest start of by any club in any of Europe's top five leagues absolutely extraordinary 79 out of 81 points um, and then uh, the 2-0 victory over against West Ham on the 29th of January meant that, uh, you know, that was the first time that we had defeated every other team in a single top-flight campaign in our 127-year history. Um, and uh, I'm just going to leave it there because, I mean, this team has been mind-blowing. Um, you guys have been amazing. To th Thank you very much for talking uh, about this 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 glorious team, the relentless rocket Reds, the record breaking Reds, um, it, it's been joy, pure joy. No, thank That's you. That's a wrap. Thank you. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is a wrap. Oh, glory.
glory to Liverpool We've won it 19 times Our boss is called Jürgen His first club was mine He moved on to Dortmund Before swimming the red tide Conquered the whole world with Klopp on our side. He brought us Mo Salah, the Egyptian king, and Sadio Mane for the other wing. With Bobby for me. Make everyone terrified, especially Everton, cause Klopp's on our side. He's picked up some scouts now, cause Jurgen is boss. We couldn't quite get a hundred, but we don't. Give a toss Cause we're back on our perch now You can't stem the red tide We'll go again next year With Klopp on our side